Hey Zion family, it's Allison. I'm so happy that you found us on the Zion podcast today and that the word of God is finding you wherever you're at in this moment. We know that the word of God has the power to transform your life, but not just your life, the lives of your friends and your family. So when you get done listening to this episode, take a moment and share it with someone you love. It just might save their life. Let's get started. Wasn't that phenomenal? My goodness. Well, you may not know this about me, but uh, I'm not a very anxious person, but I have anxiety around buying Christmas gifts. Anybody else have anxiety around Christmas gifts? Here's the toughest thing about Christmas gifts is it's not for you. It's for someone else. Although you receive a certain, uh, you know, je ne sais quoi. You receive a certain, like, uh, inward uh, serotonin, dopamine hit, whatever the scientists are calling it these days. But it's like, it's, it's good to give, but it is hard because you want it to be the right thing. Now, you may not know this anxiety. Maybe you always know what to get. My, my 18-year-old daughter, she has a Word file full of links and gifts. So you know exactly what to get her uh, according to her order. You can't mess it up. Here's the Amazon link. Here's this link. Here's that link. Here's my Lululemon order. $5,000 later, you're like, okay. Uh, The anxiety comes in is that she sends this list to every person she knows. So as her dad, you want to have a good original gift, but knowing that you can get her something off this list, but she may get five more of that exact same thing from anyone at any given time. It's a little anxiety. I have have an 11-year-old boy, and, and he's grown out of most of his toys. It used to be as a dad, I could figure out what toys he wanted. Now it's basically like, give me an Xbox, give me a TV, give me a computer. And that's really about it. Right, son? He thinks that's funny. Uh, all of which are upwards of 500 to 1,000 to 1,500 to 2,000, depending on how deep you want to go. And uh, you, you, you want it to be meaningful. You know, you want to get them the underwear and the socks, you know, as tradition, right? But you want it to be special, something that really matters. And, and the hard thing about gift giving is that you give of yourself, your money, your time, your heart, and you want it to be received well. And that oftentimes creates anxiety. Now, here we are at Christmas time, and, and Jesus actually gave his own life for us by becoming a child. But imagine what was at risk for Jesus to become a child. Philippians 2, as a matter of fact, let me just read off the screen real quick. Philippians 2 says this, Paul is urging us to be like Jesus, but he's, he describes this, this life of what happened in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, stop right there. Jesus is God, right? Just hanging out in heaven, all the holy, holy, holies, all the, you know, the the magical music, all your loved ones there. The place we want to go, he existed in. The place we're trying to get to is his, like, origin place. He, being in the same very nature of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be used to his own advantage. He wanted to do something great by giving, and he had everything and was willing to say, I don't consider that valuable 
in the face of giving you what you need, which is me. And so he takes off all of this godness. He leaves heaven. He says, he's like, I'm gonna cons- I don't consider this, this position, this place where I am with God, to be something to be used for my own advantage. I want to give it to you. Rather, this is what he does. He made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant being made in the human likeness. So Jesus is there when the worlds are spoken into existence. Let there be light. Some theologians even say that Jesus is the one who spoke the words, let there be light. We go to Genesis and we think about all the wonders of what God created and Jesus was there. And he took it off in order for him to become a baby. Now, God invented how babies are born. Do you completely understand it? I don't. I don't understand how, how a spinal cord can grow and, and, and 40 weeks later you can have a whole entire human being. You can't understand that. But Jesus, what he says, I don't consider being God and all of this up here something I want to use my advantage. I want to become like the science I created. And so he comes and he, he comes into the womb of his mother, Mary. Just an egg and a miraculous being being formed. And he says, it says that he makes himself that way in human likeness so that he can be a servant. It's a gift. It's a gift. And for me, if I was God, if I was Jesus, if I was the divine being, it would give me a little bit of anxiety thinking about, I have to leave all of this behind so that I can give a gift to all of humanity. Wow. What might this require of me? I mean, what is the, how long is their list? What is it that they actually need? And, and this is what God would say. Here's the problem. They were made perfect in our image. They existed. We could talk and we could hang out and we could, we could have this relationship. But because of their choice to sin, it ruined the whole thing. And I would say, if I were God, well, tough. I don't want to leave my position. I don't want to leave this splendor here. So what if, what if I go through all of this? I become a baby. I, I, I grow up. I, I become crucified and, and have to go through death and, 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 and being raised from there. What if I do all of that and they don't like the gift? What if I give them everything and they say, no. Then what? I would have a little bit of anxiety about that. Wouldn't you? There's two sides to kind of this story. The Holy Spirit comes on Mary and impregnates her with Jesus. Now, that would be scary enough. We often talk, talk about Mary. But what about this other guy, Joseph? Joseph is Jesus's stepdaddy. You know that? Jesus had a stepdad. Talk about a little bit of a high bar, you know. <laughs> Jesus comes and he grows up and Joseph tells him, hey, go in there and do the dishes. And he's like, you're not my dad. <laughs> he's like, yeah, but I'm in charge of the job right now. And he's like, my dad would never ask me to wash the dishes. There's no dishes in heaven. But here's Joseph. And this is kind of Joseph's story. Check out Matthew uh, chapter one. This is where they give us kind of this This story is what it looks like. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to this guy named Joseph. They were engaged. 
But before they came together, that means to know each other biblically, she found out she was pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, in other words, he, he was doing it the right way, and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. They were engaged. They were going to be married in a couple of years. And they have this engagement. She has chosen. She's a betrothed. She's said yes to Joseph. And he goes away. And while they're apart, she becomes pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And he comes back like any red-blooded male and is like, what the heck? She's like, I'm pregnant. Okay? And so he's like, you know, this is not going to work. I want to do things right. It's like, so he's going to divorce her quietly and not disgrace her. So they have not officially been married. They're engaged. But after he had considered this, he's sitting around, he's, he's, he's got the pit in his stomach, all of that stuff. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are going to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. This was written 600 years before. And the angel is saying, all of this is to prove what was written 600 years ago. Longer than the U.S. has even been a nation. 600 years. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. This is God's nature. This is what he wants. God with us. He wants to be with you. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded and him, uh, commanded him and took Mary home to be his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until he gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. Not idiot, not stupid little kid, not buddy, not champ. Jesus. And this, this name, Jesus, has meaning. It has has meaning. The angel said, you shall call him Jesus because he will save his people. But actually, the word Jesus, the old, our English word, Joshua, Yehoshua, or Yeshua, was a common name, and it actually has meaning. So like the little name card you get at Christmas, or the plaque that says, you know, uh, Brandon, beautiful angel. Okay, like the name meaning, right? And you got it on your wall. Jesus means... The one who saves. The savior of the world. And so every time Joseph picks up this little baby and says, your name is Jesus. What he's saying is, you are the Messiah, the one who will save the world. Now, understanding that from our perspective is very easy. We look at Jesus and he took off all of this amazingness and came down from heaven to earth. It's his gift and we celebrate it. We're baby in a manger. We're Mary and Joseph and we're like, wow, isn't it so great that Jesus is my savior? But what if, what if you're the stepdad of the savior of the world? Now, stepdad of the savior of the world has to be the closest person to believing other than anybody else in the world. More than Mary. Because Mary, she's pregnant. She's like, I, I know this is from God. Because there's no other way. I have a baby in my womb. Jesus, uh, Joseph just has to look at Mary and say, I believe it. 
The minute he receives this son, he has to fight the doubt, fight the anxiety, and say, you are the savior of the world. And he does it every time he says out of his mouth his name, Jesus, you're the savior. You're the savior of the world. You're the Messiah. You're the one who will save me. And he raises from birth, changes diapers, does the little airplane, open up wide. Okay, Messiah, Jesus, Savior of the world, God's son. Everything he does with Jesus, he is not only declaring that Jesus is who he said he was. He is giving a gift to that boy. Now, Here's the thing about giving a gift. You don't know if it's going to be well received. Sometimes you give gifts and you have to deal with the opinions of other people. One time my dad went all around town buying cookbooks for my mother. And then he had the bright idea that he was going to get a box of fish and give it to my mom. Because they had this bright idea that... that uh, they were going to start cooking fish. They'd been talking about it. It was something that was personal between my dad and my mom. It was so exciting. He was so excited. He went around all day long. He was, like, he was on a high thinking about giving his wife on Christmas Day in front of all of his grown children cookbooks and a box of fish. So we're all pulling them out and said, okay, Brandon, here's, a, okay, Rodney, here you go. Okay, Nancy Joe. And you can just see, just kind of bubbling up inside him. He's so excited about this gift. And my mom peels back the paper. And it is a cardboard box full of frozen fish. <laughs> and he is so happy. And she is not. And you can just imagine all the comments from the peanut gallery about these cookbooks and the box of fish. And you can probably imagine what it was like for Joseph to walk his son down to the market every single day. As a carpenter to show up to the lumber yard and say, like, hey, hey, let me get uh, you know, 10 two by fours and a, a sheet of plywood and, and, and my son's going to carry out. Your son, <laughs> the one whom your wife says is the son of God. Yeah, that's the one. Can you imagine what it was like for Joseph to step up to the plate and father the God of the universe? And not only did he father the God of the universe, he said to him every single time he saw him, you are the one who saves me. Jesus, the one who saves me. Jesus, the one who will save me. And what Joseph gave him was a lifetime of gifts. But what he really gave him was his life. Life. Now for all of us, we're thinking about a gift and what that might mean to give a gift. And if it's going to be well received, whether it's a box of fish or whether it's your, your daughter's Amazon list or, or it's your son's you know, technological uh, room full of Batman stuff and, and tech. But what happens when you give the Son of God your life? For Joseph, it was a no-brainer because he was, he was saying with his life, I believe you are the Son of God. Mary knew it. Joseph believed it. Believed it with his 
life. He was saying, you are the king and I'll give you my life. And every single day, even though there was doubts, even though there was things that he's thinking, this is not going to work out for me. Maybe, maybe this is not going to pan out. What if he isn't the son of God? What if he is just somebody else's boy? What if we go on Maury Povich and they pull out the test and he says, he's not the son of God. He's by faith giving the gift of his life to the one who saves. For a while, I, uh, I worked as a lumberjack. Now, not quite like, you know, up in Alaska climbing trees, but I, I chipped brush. You know, I had chainsaws and we worked for a tree company. Now, the thing about uh, working for a tree company is, is they will tell you one of the top five most dangerous jobs in America is working for a tree company. It looks nice and easy, and it's fun to probably have chainsaws, but you get about five or six jokers running around in the yard, and you get a bucket truck, and somebody's up top, and they're cutting limbs off, and it's dropping down, and poof. By the first one of those you hear, you're like, I don't want to be near that. <laughs> but cutting a tree is, is interesting. I, I started this job, and it was, it was winter, and it was very cold. And we would go downtown to these trees that were 50 foot tall. And I'm, I'm told that in Missouri, there's not trees that you're going to cut down that are over 50 feet. And uh, we would go down, like, down to like Ward Parkway and these expensive houses. And all the houses are close together, these older houses and, and these big trees that like even three guys couldn't wrap their arms around some of these tree trunks. And they're in between the houses. And then somebody would get in a bucket truck and they would tie on a rope and they would, they would wrap it around the limb. And the science says that this is, is like a fulcrum and you're going to be able to, to pull it down and it's going to gently hit the ground. And you're just thinking, please, God, don't hit this house and don't hit this guy's bends and don't hit, the, you know, don't crush Stephen over here. And the first time I had, I had the, the, the rope, they're like, OK, just just get back. Three of you guys hold that rope all the way back. And this guy up top, who was a, a new guy, he was a, a seasoned veteran, but he was new to the crew. He saws off this limb. He's like, what you guys are going to do is you're going to lower this limb down. And he didn't know us from Adam, but he started cutting off the largest limbs. And the owner of the company came in and he said, hey, Justin, stop cutting the limbs so big you're gonna hit a house or you're gonna kill somebody and here I was down below thinking yeah what he said I remember the first one he cut and we're and, there, and you don't know what to expect you don't know how hard it's gonna pull you're not really sure but I remember like the, the limb coming down and all three of us having to run to follow because it was so heavy and it almost ripped it out of our hands but somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to do this job of cutting the limbs. And they're spinning and they're going past windows and houses and over the top of sheds. And you're thinking, wow, this tree has got to be dropped. I don't want to be the one to do it. I don't want to be the one to do it because there's always danger in doing something that's worth doing. Jesus knew it. Philippians said that he was God and he came to earth as a baby. That seems pretty dangerous. To die for people, to, be, to experience the worst kind of death on a cross, and to be 
risen from the dead so that the glory of God could rest on him. And the Bible says that God glorified Jesus as the firstborn among many brethren. To give his life for people, even thousands of years, that's us later, that may or may not accept that gift. Most of us would be like, I'm not buying the gift if you don't want it. Jesus gave his life. And then there's this other guy, Joseph, who says, I believe you are Yeshua, the one who saves me. He believes it. He doesn't know for certain, but he believes it. And he then gives his life to Jesus because anything worth doing is going to feel a little bit dangerous. The writer of Ecclesiastes says, when you, dig a, when you dig a pit, you may fall in it. When you cut down a hedge, there may be a snake in there. It's worth doing. But what I say to you today is if Jesus were here, would you give him your life? And now most of us would be like, yeah, I totally would give Jesus my life. But most of us go home and we don't. We're not fully cutting off limbs and grabbing the rope and like hoping and praying that everything is going to work out okay. Anything worth doing is going to be a little dangerous. As a matter of fact, we want Jesus to come down as a little baby and, and we can give him our, our pa-rum-pum-pum-pum. And we can give him our little thank you, Jesus. And we could give him maybe a little bit of our, 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 our family. And please, if you'll just protect my family, then I'll definitely say I'm a Christian at the company party. I would go to church once a week if you were just to maybe bless me with your gifts. And But could it be that the first person to acknowledge the Messiah that had to do so by faith was this guy named Joseph who every morning he woke up and he gave the king of all kings his life despite being misunderstood despite the problems that might come despite having to raise somebody else's son despite maybe not having all of the feelings that you might have for your own blood child despite wondering what might happen in the future with this boy and every day he got up and gave every single piece of himself because his reality was his name shall be called Savior of the world. He knew Jesus was holy. He knew Jesus was the one. He knew Jesus was the answer. Do you? And if under your breath you've just muttered the word, Yes, my question is to you, have you given him everything? Well, I got a little anxiety about that gift. That might be more than what's required. That might be a little too much. I don't, what if it doesn't pan out? And I would say to you, anything worth doing might be a little bit dangerous. Would you give Jesus your life this Christmas? Would you give him every single piece of you would you give him the things you've been holding on for far too long? Would you give him the things deep inside your soul that you're like, I don't know if anyone can handle this. Would you give him the things that you think you have to fix in order to follow him? Would you give him the hurts and scars of your life? Would you give him 
every single day of your future, even though it's uncertain, would you give God the greatest gift that he could ever get, which is you? Would you give it to him? And today, you have that opportunity to start again. Say, God, are there places in my life where I've been holding back? Like, I've been, I've been a little frustrated. And as a matter of fact, it feels like maybe in days past, like, I gave you a present and it just wasn't enough. I gave you something and it just, it just didn't pan out. I, I gave you my life and it, it, it's not fair. I gave, it seemed like maybe you didn't like my gift. So this year, I'm a little gun shy about giving you everything. As a matter of fact, if, if, I can just believe in you, but I'll take all of these things and I'll handle this and I'll take care of this and this will be me and that'll be you. Maybe that's where you are today. But Joseph said, Joseph said, I'll give you my life. No matter the cost, Jesus, I'll give you my life. Would you bow your heads and close me today? If Jesus were before you right now, could you, with a full heart, full of commitment, no matter the doubts, no matter the the danger, no matter what it might feel like, no matter the uncertainty, no matter the questions inside of your head, no matter the past where you might be even a little bit angry at God, would you say this simple thing, Jesus, I give you my life. This Christmas, I give you everything. I'm tired of holding back. I'm tired of playing games. I'm tired of going through my life trying to handle this and you handle that. I'm tired of the uncertainty. I'm tired of telling myself it might be too dangerous. It might cost too much. I'm I'm tired of telling myself, how am I going to pay for it? I give you my life. Every single part, every single piece, I give you my life. And if that's where you are, I just want to pray this prayer with you. It's very simple. We pray it here at Zion. It's just, Jesus, I believe in you. Forgive me of my sin. Today, I follow after you. Jesus, I believe in you. The Savior of the world, Yeshua. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me for doing it wrong. Forgive me for messing up. Forgive me for my doubts. Forgive me for all the things that I've held back from you. And today I I make a decision. I follow you with everything. You don't got to worry about me when it comes to receiving what you paid for, your gift, your life. Jesus, you are my king. And today I cry holy. Today I cry worthy. Today I cry hallelujah to you. Thank you, Jesus, for your gift. I lay my life before you as a gift to you. In your name, amen. Give God a big praise where you are.